Hello beautiful people and welcome back on Home in a Teacup, the podcast in which we're trying to understand the feeling of home through conversations around the topics of cultural identity, nationality, languages and travel. In today's episode, Gina May tells her story as a South African navigating her way through the French culture, which she came to discover as an au pair. She talked about the differences between the two countries and what impact being so far away from home has on her. Before starting, I'd like to say once again that none of the speakers are native English speakers, so mistakes can and will probably be made. Do not forget to subscribe if you like this episode and wish to hear more fascinating conversations like this one. Hope you enjoy! Hello! Hi! <laughs> Hello, Jenna and welcome on the Home in a Teacup. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's awesome to be here. <laughs> I'm very professional. <laughs> can you please introduce yourself? Say whatever you want about yourself so that people can get to know you. Okay. Firstly, I am Gina May Fainter. I am from South Africa. The French would say Afrique du Sud. <laughs> yes, they would. I've learned that um, to introduce me that way. But anyway, yes, I grew up in Cape Town, uh, one of the mother city of South Africa. And I've lived there my whole life. My first language is actually Afrikaans, which people say is very similar to um, Dutch and German. So, yeah, for you to have an idea. And I'm 22 years... No, I'm 23. <laughs> Did you have a doubt on that? <laughs> yeah, well, I turned 23 in December, so it's still new. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's two months, three months ago. But yeah. I'm 23, I studied education, so I'm a qualified teacher, but I haven't started to work as a teacher yet, because I'm not ready to be a grown-up. I still want to be a young person for a little while. So yeah, that's why I decided to come to France, and yeah, just to explore a bit. Ooh. Well, for those who don't know, we already recorded one episode, so there are many things I already know about you. My purpose for this episode is to get to know things I don't know about you. Okay. Basically. But we're still going to ask some questions we've already asked before. So can you tell us, please, why you are in France and why you chose to come to France in the first place? So I knew I wanted to be an au pair after my studies. I just didn't know where. So firstly, I thought I wanted to go to America. But you have to go for one year. And I couldn't do that. Because I am very close to my family and my boyfriend. So I just wanted to do six months. And you can't do six months in America. So I started to look in Europe for places. And my whole goal was not to find like the perfect country. It was to find the perfect family. And once I got the family, I would go to that place they were. So if the people were in Italy or Spain or wherever that would be fine and we, I was just actually looking for a family and then I was actually quite happy when I found a family in France because I've always loved the French culture and food and the whole country and I thought wow that's a great place to explore so that's why I chose France to come an au pair year um, and yeah I live now in L'Amour Plage And I love it because it's close to the sea and that's it makes good. me happy. I go for walks every day. And yeah, that's why I'm in France. <laughs> I 
I actually find it quite interesting the fact that you decided to cho- to choose a family and not a country. Because not many people do that. Usually, they choose a country. Yeah, it makes. I feel like it makes the experience very different. Are you quite happy with the family you are in? I am. They take really good care of me. Um, they're very, they're very much including in all of the activities we do. Uh, they always want me to be with them and eat with them and go places with them. But they're also like very chilled about me doing my own thing. So they don't force me to be with them the whole time. So they give me my space too, which is nice. So yeah, I'm very happy with the family I chose. The kids are a lot to handle, but it's making me a stronger person. And I'm, I don't regret the family I'm with for mm. one second. I'm very happy. I obviously think maybe two children would have been easier than four but it keeps me busy otherwise I would be too much have too much time and get sad and miss my family so it's good to be busy for me does it still are you still sure that you want to work with children after that yeah definitely (laughs) I'm not sure because I've always said I wanted to have many children in my family one day like to have a big family five children and I think I'm starting to think I want only two children because <laughs> four is a lot to handle um especially these kids because they're all the ages or yeah I just think I have a, a difficult time of their family lives because they're all very small four years old seven years old ten years old They're not very independent, so I have to do everything for them. And I think that's difficult. So I would think it would be better to have two children (laughs) to care for than four. Less. Yeah, less would be better. Even for the ones who are seven and ten? Seven, yeah. Really? mm, Yeah, he needs a lot of attention. I think he just is an attention kid. And he needs someone to check on him every day. If we don't check... If he brushes his teeth, he won't brush his teeth. If we don't tell him to go bath, he won't go bath. Yeah. The 10-year-old kid, he's quite independent. But even the 12-year-old, I need to remind of things every day. Like, I need to remind him to go bath. But it's more because they don't want to. They're stubborn. Yes. So, yeah. That's typically the age where you just want to do the opposite of what you're being taught to exactly. do. Exactly. So it's not always easy. No, it's not. It takes but a lot of energy. I know I don't want to work with kids younger than six years old because the four-year-old is maybe too little for me to handle. Um, and I don't want to work with kids older than like nine or ten years old because mm. I struggle with the oldest one because I studied foundation phase teaching, which is ages six to nine. So it's the smallest kids at school. So I'm not actually educated in working with older children. Oh, yeah. but still you prefer older children? No, I prefer younger children. Oh, okay. Six to nine years old. Six to nine, so not younger than six, but not, not younger. older than nine. <laughs> exactly. Six, seven, eight and nine, I can do. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. How did, you, how did you become an au pair? Did you go through, I don't know, how do you say, a company? Or, yeah, so it was actually very easy. I used the website Au Pair World, um, which is totally free for the au pair. The family that uses it needs to pay, which I like because it makes you feel kind of safe about the family you're getting because you know they had to pay to be on this website and it's not 
cheap for them so yeah it's free for us then you basically say your preferences like I can cook I can drive um, I will work for a family with single parents or divorced parents I will do housework I can yeah you basically list everything you can do and they also list everything they want so they can say I want a girl that can drive the kids around or I want someone or I want a girl and not a boy or Mm. they can like list their preferences as well and then the website automatically matches you with a family that they think you fit best with people say it's like the tinder for au pairs because it matches you (laughs) and then on my like on my feed I would call it on my finds the family come up and they say and then I can choose which one I like the most and then I can send them a wave or I can send them a message and then we chat and then if I like them we video call and then after the video call you usually have an idea if you like them or not and you decide do I want to speak with them again or you can say nope (laughs) this was good but no thank you did you have to go through a lot of families before finding you I think I found like 10 different families really in different countries uh I did two in France one year and one in Paris I actually wanted to go to the Paris one but they didn't want me (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then um the other family this family worked out I video called with one in the Netherlands with three in Germany but then I realized I needed a one German certificate to go au pair in Germany. Why? Because it was it's mandatory. A, yeah, it's a rule for them. If you're not from Europe, oh, if you're not, okay. if you don't have a European passport, that's good to know. Yeah, and I did a few in England as well, and then I also realized it's not. Or I found out that it's actually not legal to go on a... Because you can't find an au pair visa for the UK. You can only get a vacation visa for three months or six months. And it's illegal to work on a vacation visa. (laughs) So, yeah, I didn't want to do that. So I, like, stopped with those interviews as well with the UK people. And, yeah, France was... France, the Netherlands. Oh, I did with Italy as well. But Italy, you can only go for three months and it's actually legal to work there on a vacation visa. Mm. It's very interesting, but I didn't want to go only for three months. So yeah, France was the easiest at the end mm. <laughs> and it worked out. Are you happy about your experience in France? Is it the way you had pictured it or is it very different? Very different. Oh, tell me all about it. It's so different. <laughs> Firstly, I... When they said I was coming to Lorient, La Plage, I thought it was going to... I just... I think I didn't do good enough research <laughs> about how it looks here. I thought everything would look like Paris. I don't know why. I feel like every foreign person thinks everything yeah. looks like Paris, which is not the case. Nope, not at all. And I learned that, but it's fine. And I'm still happy with how it looks here. And I thought literally I would eat you're going to laugh at me, but I thought I would eat croissants every day. <laughs> I mean, I would if I could. <laughs> it's very expensive in the yeah. end. But I eat baguettes every day, so it's okay. fine. 
This like, is already very French. Yeah, that's very French. And I eat a lot of cheese every day. So those parts are quite what I expected. I thought I would eat a lot of cheese. So yeah. Um, and further, the language. I thought more people would be able to speak English. And I got a big shock when I came here. But I'm very happy to have found a few English friends. Um, which is awesome because they also speak French. So they can help me with that. And yeah, it was nothing like I imagined. But I'm not disappointed. <laughs> yes. I'm still happy. You you don't have any disappointments. Not at all. Um, No. 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 I try to find ways to to make myself happy in any surroundings where I get. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I feel like that's the best way of finding the little joys in everyday life. Yeah. Because when you focus only on the negative aspects of life, you tend to just see them. Whereas when you try to find joy in every single thing that you meet, that exactly. you face, then you just... You're never really disappointed because you always have, you always have something positive to mm. say about your surroundings. And when I knew I wanted to come to France or when I got the family in France, my whole goal for this whole thing or experience was to experience the French culture. And I still get to do that here. It's not like I, because I'm not in Paris, I don't experience the French culture. No, no you can experience it anywhere in France. But it's very different. It's quite different. Yeah, but... I'll go on holiday on different in different places of France and I'll get to experience different types of French cultures. And I'm happy with that and I'm happy to learn this type of culture here. Mm. It's fine with me. And I try to like see the positives, like my family living so close to the beach. I know I could go to the beach in South Africa, but I've never lived two minutes walk from the beach. And I don't think I will ever live so close to the beach in my life. And maybe just go for holidays. So it's very awesome for me that I can go for a walk every single day along the beach. It makes me very happy. Have you gone for a swim yet? No. No. I'm scared. Why? It looks so cold. Well, it's a bit cold at first, but then you get used to it. That's the saying here. You, we te In Brittany, we tend to say, it's a bit cold. But then you just, like, it gets warmer the more you... <laughs> I have to try. <laughs> I see a lot of old people walking old in the water. Old people love doing that, always. No matter the weather, no matter the season, they just old go people walk. are always going to walk maybe and I... swim. Crazy. <laughs> My family has a wetsuit for me, so maybe I should take it and go for a walk in the water, in the ocean. <laughs> Crazy. Do, do you often swim in South Africa? Do you go... To the beach? Yes. So Cape Town is at the beach, but I live like 40 minutes away from it because Cape Town is very big. <laughs> I can imagine. You can like literally drive three hours from the one side of Cape Town to the other side of Cape Town and, and you're still in the same city. So it's very hectic. It's probably like Paris. You would take very long to get from the one side to the other side. Mm. Um, so yes, I try. I think I'll go like once a month. I'll see the ocean. I don't swim once a month. In the summer, I'll probably go, I will swim three, four times. Because it's a lot of effort to go. And there's a lot of traffic in those areas. And it's hard to find parking. Mm. But in South Africa, we go in Cape Town. In the Western Cape, it's my region where I live. 
we go every December holiday, which is our summer holiday, the long one. We go to a town near the ocean and we live at the ocean for a month. So then I swim every day. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. fancy. Fancy. <laughs> I was wondering, do you, and I think I already know the answer, but do you sometimes miss home? Of course. <laughs> Definitely. 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 What's the one thing you miss the most about home? Well, to compare it, um, in 20... 21 my boyfriend went to america and i missed him a lot and i thought it would be the same when i come here i would miss him a lot and i do miss him a lot but the thing is i miss more than just him i miss my family and my friends and my dogs and my cats and my house and my bed so and all of those things add up and just make one big messy pile of missings mm. <laughs> if that makes sense yes. um so yeah i kind of miss everything but i kind of miss the to be familiar with a place to have your Co habits yeah to be completely familiar with one place to know exactly how to get somewhere but it's also a nice challenge at the same time for me to try to figure everything out as i go here and that's was the point of my year to challenge myself so yeah it's difficult um it's difficult for when I feel a little bit down that I just can't go to my sister's room and go talk to her about thing I have to get on the bus and come here and it takes me a half an hour to get here but at home yeah. I could just walk to the next room so that's difficult I like I'm close with my family but I won't go sit on their bed and cry if I feel sad yeah. <laughs> it's not that type of clothes so yeah yes. I miss just like people being one minute away from me and like I could just easily go to them. Yeah. And I actually really miss my my animals a lot. Really? <laughs> I look at photos every single day of them. <laughs> and you've probably seen on my Instagram, I post a lot yes. of Instagram reels about cats. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I love my cat. So it's difficult, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Is it, like, are you familiar with homesickness at this point? Do you experience it often or do you sometimes just forget about it and then a week later you're going to feel it? In the first two weeks, I would say it was very difficult. Um, like, extremely, extremely difficult because I was so unfamiliar with anything. Um, I got here and my family said to me that the kids can speak really good English. And when I got here, they do speak good English, but they mostly speak French in the mm. house. So that made me feel excluded at the beginning. And I didn't know where everything was in the house. And I just wished I could be at my house. And I thought, oh, I wanted to come here, but... It would have been easier just to stay at home and live there. And I had very, like, second-guessing thoughts. Like, I doubted my decision. But I think that was just, like, everything was too overwhelming for me in the beginning. And now I feel so much better. I don't find myself crying very often anymore. Maybe I will call my mom and get like one tear, but it's just because it's nice to talk to her and I miss her. But mm -hmm. I'm not like 
homesick because I feel like my home year has been feeling like home for the last week, two weeks. Mm. Has been feeling good for me. So yeah, I'm getting happier by the day. <laughs> that's great. Mm. I feel like that's something we will experience when we go abroad. Like at first it's always it's always overwhelming. And then you just stop finding new habits in the place you are. And it starts feeling like home, a weird home for some people. Yeah. I know that for me, it didn't feel like a weird place. But I know that for other people, they start feeling like home. But at the same time, they know it's not their home. Like they're still lo longing for all the things they used to. Exactly. So it's very different. And especially because for you, in your case, you don't really have your apartment, your life, you live in other people's house mm. which makes it different in yeah a way. it it does like i can't just leave my shoes in the living room yeah that's right it, it feels weird it feels like i should always take all my things to my room because i it's not my house even though it's my house for six months yes but yeah do you still have that one place where you know it's your safe space in the house here yes At your family's house. Do you have like... Besides my room? I was actually thinking about your room. Yeah, it's probably my bedroom then. Yes. I spend a lot of time in there. Even when the family's not there and I can use the house as I want or as I'd like, I still find myself mostly in my room. But I think in South Africa, I did the same. Mm. In the mornings, I used to be alone, studying from home. When my mom and sister went to work and I was home the whole day, I still found myself in my room for most of the day. I don't know. I love my room. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I feel like a room is where you feel the safer. It's your personal space. Exactly. It's and private. If I, if I want to watch like series, I would rather watch it in my room on my phone than watch it on a TV in the living room. Mm. I'm that way. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I feel happy and safe in my room. Yeah, and I found... Ways to make it comfortable. I've bought like fake flowers because I don't want to buy real ones and say goodbye to them <laughs> when I have to go home or a real plant um, and lights for my room to make it nice. And I buy postcards wherever I go and put it against the wall. So I try to make it feel like home, like mm. my room. Do you have anything like a habit or just, I don't know, food or something which helps you when you feel homesickness yes so in south africa but you get it here as well you have rooibos mm. tea and all of the people here say rooibos as if they know what rooibos is but it actually translates to red bush okay. did you know that no i didn't so roy is red and boss is bush Okay. So it translates to red bush because if you go to the farms, it's literally red bushes. It's like dark red maroonish bushes. So yeah, that's a very famous tea from South Africa. I think actually it started in South Africa. It's like... A I have no idea. Honestly, I indigenous, don't know. Indigenous, how do you say that word? Indigenous. Indigenous, yeah. Plant of South Africa. So yeah, that's my favorite tea. And I've actually found a place in Lorient which sells tea that you can like buy in big bags. And then I put it in my own little sif thingy and make my own tea. And that really helps a lot because the teas I buy uh, in restaurants is not the same. 
I drink it, it's fine, I can drink whatever, but like when I drink that rooibos, it's amazing. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now let's talk about South Africa. Okay. The very important questions. So in the first episode we recorded, we actually talked about the fact that South Africa is very diverse, extremely diverse. Like you have 11 languages, three capital cities, I think. 11 official languages, because I think there are more. Three capital cities and a lot of differences. And my question was, is it, how do you feel about living in a country where there is so much diversity? So people usually think when they hear there's 11 different languages that you go to the shop and just hear all the languages in the shop. But it's not like that. When I go to the mall or the shops or wherever or to the beach, I usually just hear English and Afrikaans because where the areas where I travel and go to and go for holidays and go to school, the people just speak English and Afrikaans. So if you go to different areas in South Africa, you will start to hear more different languages. So no, it's not true that you hear Koza and Zulu and Sutu in the mall. So it doesn't bother me. And I feel like also because I grew up with it, I don't care. Like the lady that works in our house and that cleans, she speaks Koza. And that's probably the only person I hear speaking that language around me. And that's only when she's on the phone, when she's talking on the phone to people, that's when I hear her speak that language. So... No, even in schools, it's mostly just English and Afrikaans people around mm. us. So no, I'm not very much surrounded by different people, but the different cultures in South Africa definitely contributes to different problems as well. For example? For example, the... Some cultures believe that women shouldn't go to university. They should just work at home and that contributes to homeless people because they don't have money and then they get, say, pregnant at a young age and the men leave them and then they're on the streets but they never went to university where if they didn't have that culture... They would have gone to university, got a stable degree, got work and everything. But because of their culture, they couldn't do it. They weren't allowed. Mm. So, yeah, like that contributes to the poverty in South Africa. Yeah. Do you feel like there's, I don't know how to express that. Do you feel that there's some kind of unity in all of this? Or is it difficult to... I don't know, define being South African in such a diverse culture? It's very, very difficult, I think. Sorry, I'm just moving. (laughs) Sorry, take your Um, time. (laughs) I don't think, I feel like it's difficult for us to find a way or to unite together. Um, People usually say after like a rugby game, when South Africa wins, it's like we are one country. But I... Don't agree with that because I really feel like it's just the English and Afrikaans people that watch rugby games. Mm. The Kosa people don't care. So I don't feel like that's so true. Um, 
but yeah I feel like when they say like we're one country they exclude the rest of the country and just think about the English and Afrikaans people because that's the majority of us so yeah it's difficult for us to to be united because everyone is so extremely different like if you go from one city to another city you go to a place where people it's like going from here to China it's so different the way points yeah that's how extreme the differences is in cultures it's like we eat like European people normal well I can it's not right to say normal but we eat European type of foods and the Kosa people eat like they call it milipap which is like porridge mm. with just flour and water and they eat it with their hands and that's their way of eating but we don't eat like that at all so it's so different and the way they dress is so extremely different and in some places people walk around topless with beads around their necks and face paint and but it's not paint it's like part of their culture so it's really like being in two different countries or 11 different countries at the Mm. same time it's so different but as I said it's not like I go to the shop and see those type of people it's not where I live I don't see a lot of differences I sometimes hear a little bit of a clicking language Mm. but not very much (laughs) are you being taught at school about those different cultures yes from very little we know about them so at least you know about them like yes. it's not completely excluded no. from anything. And you see them when you go on holidays and you drive outside of your city and you drive through cities you see them definitely. Is there are there a lot of communities like for example I know that you speak Africans Afrikaans 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 <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you mainly stay with people from speaking the same language and everything or do you is there a lot of mixity what do you mean mix um for example in your friend groups are there people only speaking english as well as people speaking afrikaans or is it uh, do you remain so it depends actually to which high school you went so i went to my primary school was english and afrikaans and then i went to an only speaking afrikaans high school so my best friends from high school were only Afrikaans, but we can speak perfect English since we, since when we learn English in South Africa or when you learn Africa, no, only when Afrikaans people learn English at school, we learn the same difficulty English as Afrikaans. So that's why we speak dif- great English, the Afrikaans people. But when mm. English people learn Afrikaans, they learn a basic Afrikaans. Okay, so English is the main language then? Yes, definitely. Um, there's definitely more people speaking English. So yes, in- Afrikaans people are better in English than English people are in Afrikaans. So yes, in high school, we just spoke Afrikaans at school, but we had English subjects. And then at university, I also went to an Afrikaans university. That's just how it worked out. Um, for my degree, it was the best. It's not because it was Afrikaans. And But my friends went to another university where it was more English. So they have, some of my high school friends that went to the other university have many English friends. So yeah, or, and some of my, um, I also know people from other schools that went to an English and an Afrikaans school. 
and they have many English and Afrikaans friends. So it's very normal to have both languages in your friend groups. Yeah. Yeah. So you're used to it. I'm used basically. to it. Yeah. Do you feel like you... That's a question I love asking to people who speak different languages. Do you feel like your personality changes when you change language? I feel a bit grander when I speak English. Grander? <laughs> In which way? <laughs> I don't know. I feel when I speak Afrikaans, um, I'm crazy and it's because I know much more slang in Afrikaans that is not like academically correct mm. for the language and I speak crazy and I, I don't know, I just don't focus as much as I do when I speak English because when I, I'm at home and I'm comfortable, I speak Afrikaans. Usually when I speak English, I, I have to think a little bit more than I do in Afrikaans. And that makes me be more precise in my language. And then I feel like I'm grander. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I get that. So basically being in France helps you as well with your English. It does. Because speaking English here. Yeah, because when I'm at home, I speak Afrikaans. Most of my friends at home are Afrikaans. Me, for example, don't have many English friends. My other friends in South Africa have more English friends than me. But that's just because I went to an Afrikaans university. Um, my boyfriend is Afrikaans. He lives in a town where they only speak Afrikaans. There's no English people where he lives. Um, so yeah, I'm actually scared that one day my English will disappear. Yeah, and get. I think I will always be able to understand and speak English. That will never go away. But I don't think I would be so good, proficient as I am now. <laughs> Do you think it? Um, worsen the homesickness not speaking Afrikaans here that contributes to it definitely yeah. like next weekend my family from England is coming to visit me and that's my mom's sister and she speaks perfect Afrikaans because she used to grow up in or she grew up in South Africa and I'm so excited to be able to speak with her Afrikaans like to speak to someone in real life Afrikaans And not on the phone, because I speak Afrikaans every day when I send voice notes. And when I call my mom, I speak Afrikaans. But I just want to speak to someone Afrikaans in real life and see them and not be on a phone or something. So, yes, not being able to speak Afrikaans is definitely contributing to me feeling homesick. Because mm. it is your safe language. It's when you feel most comfortable. But it's fine. Yeah, you're yeah. used to it. <laughs> I'm used to it, definitely. Ooh, I do have a question. Do you is there are there many movies or songs in Afrikaans? Yes. Really? I think so my friends that went to the English university in South Africa, they hate Afrikaans music. And I hate that they hate it because I love Afrikaans music. I love 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 it. I actually will play you some one day. Ooh, I'd love that. I love it so much and the Afrikaans some of them got so big that they come and perform in Europe. Oh, really? In places like Germany and they go to UK in no Ireland way. and they go to um Netherlands. Very interesting. They oh, actually got so big that they came to Europe. It's a big deal for South Africans to come play in Europe. I can imagine. Yeah, and we have many Afrikaans movies and series. We call them Do you say soaps? Soap opera? I think we do. 
We probably do. I'm not sure, but well, I think we do. We say that. That comes on every single night. We watch a, a certain series for a whole whole life. Since I could remember, I've watched one series. It's called Benelandish. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about a hospital. But yes. So yeah, we have many. We have many, many, many artists and actors and movies and songs and Afrikaans. Does it help when you feel homesickness? Yes, I listen every day to Afrikaans music. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I sit on the bus with my earphones in and I wonder what people think I'm listening to. Like, is she listening to French music? Is she listening to, I don't know, cool English music? Nope, I'm listening to Afrikaans music. <laughs> oh, that I honestly I had never heard about it. That's maybe very European of me to not be aware of the fact that obviously every culture has their own music yeah. and their own culture and their own movies and series. But I imagine that it must really help you whenever you feel far away from home. Mm. Is it weird watching them, watching that series being in another country? No, it makes you actually like I forget for a moment that I'm in France. When I watch it in my room where I can't like see the outside world, the windows are closed, I'm in my bed, it feels like I'm at home then. Mm. So it really helps. I can imagine. <laughs> would you would you consider doing that type of experience again in the future? This type of experience? Yes, going abroad for a whole semester. Uh yes. But I don't think my Yeah, I would, if my life would allow it, mm. if there would be time for that. Because um, I really want to start working when I go back. I want to be a teacher because that's what I studied for, for four years. So it's, I feel like it's time for me to, to start my life also. But if I could get an opportunity to be a teacher abroad, that would be also could be cool. But then I would have to be like an English educator And I feel like I want to be an Afrikaans educator. Mm. But it's fun. If it's just for a semester, it's fine. Just for a semester? Yeah. The other problem is my boyfriend. <laughs> That's right. That's why yeah. not having a boyfriend really helps. <laughs> It really helps. <laughs> But I, I love being with him. So I don't care if I won't be able to come back. At least I can travel with him one day. And that makes me mm. happy. And it's not like he's able to come to go away for like six months because he works on a farm yeah. and he needs to be there for every thing in the year. Mm. So only holidays it is. <laughs> would you feel, would you have the energy to go through all the settling and to get used to a new culture again and to basically just go through everything you have to go through when you move to in another country? Would you feel like you'd have the energy? To do it again? Yes. I would love to do it if I if it could mean that I would have my own place mm. and I could start like my own, own, own life because I have my own life here, but I also have my host family's life. Mm. I still had, I kind of had to make their life part of my life or I had to adapt my life to their life. So it, I think it would be nice if I could come here, get my own apartment, get my own job, not work for anyone, find my own rhythm at night, my own habits. So that would be nice. 
I don't know if that would ever happen for me in a different country. But yeah, I think I would have the energy to do that. Mm. I mean, you may not be in the right city to experience all of it. I feel like it's it's a good city, but not when you don't know many people. Yeah. Because there isn't a nightlife. There, we don't have many clubs at the university or anything. So if if you don't already know the people, it's actually hard mm. to get to know people and to get into a group. For example, the other day when you told me that you you wanted to be part of a group, it's not really easy no. here. When no, you're not, not part of the university, it's not really easy. Yeah, the university is kind of your way in. Exactly. And it's a small one still. So even though you may have your way, your way in with the university, if you don't get to know people or if the people you meet do not quite fit you, it's hard. Mm. It's not always easy. Mm. So yeah, I get that. Yes. <laughs> What's the one thing? Mm. Or maybe tell me three things you prefer in France. That you prefer, how can I say that? Tell me three things that you prefer from France rather than from Africa. Yes, does that make sense? Yes. I'm not sure my question does. <laughs> Which I like more yes, than I would exactly. have liked in South Africa. Well, firstly, and I tell this to everyone, I, um, sorry, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I um, really like that there's a shop, like separate shops for everything. Like, when you want to buy bread in South Africa, you can only buy it at the supermarket. Uh, you don't, like, just can walk down the street to a boulangerie and buy bread. I mean, that's very French. That's <laughs> very French. But I love that. I love that you can, like, go to a separate store just for cheese and a separate store just for your charcuterie things and a separate store for literally anything. I love that. Everything is in one store in South Africa and one supermarket. Mm. And the other thing is it's i feel like it's it it's the same as this one but that this the shops are on the street most of the shops here in south africa it's if you want to like go shopping for clothes it's everything is in a mall you're not walking down a street in different shops mm. which is better for when it rains <laughs> but yeah i like that everything is here on the street i like being outdoors and i feel you get more steps in which is important for me. You know that. <laughs> I do know that. Like, you walk so much. That's crazy. How, how, how much do you do? Like three kilometers per day? Two kilometers? No, like seven. Oh, that's why you're insane. <laughs> I, honestly, I admire you for that. That's crazy. I love walking. Walking um, is amazing. Yeah. It's my favorite type of exercise because it makes me happy. I don't get tired. I can enjoy the things that I see around me without being half dead. Mm. but yeah the other thing is that i can walk freely and feel safe we talked about it earlier. <laughs> um, it's not that south africa is extremely dangerous but you f you feel definitely feel more safe here um in south africa i never walk with earphones in my ears because i feel like then people know you have a phone and then you would get robbed easier so I love that I can walk with my earphones here. And what's the third thing? Oh, and I don't think many European people would agree with me. I like, I think most people would want a car, but I really love public transport. Mm. I love it. I love it because in last year, 2022, my family had so much car troubles. 
that we like some of us went for cars like for a month without a car and you can't just walk anywhere where I live you need a car to go in everywhere you can't use a bicycle you can't use the bicycle you it would take you an hour to get from your house to the to the school it takes it's too long maybe you can go to the grocery store but then you have too many packages mm. and bags so then it's also difficult so yeah i really like the public transport i love like love that you can go from one city to another city um yeah it's much more accessible for people to move around here than in Cape Town because not everyone has a car I know so many people in like from some of the poorer people in South Africa that hasn't even been outside of Cape Town because they don't have the money or they don't have a car or they don't know people with cars to go somewhere um so yeah it's nice especially because it's not very expensive in France especially in this city because they they have prices depending on whether you're a student or whether you are from a very big family or whether you don't have much money. So I think we kind of take it for granted mm. in Europe, the fact that we can travel that much, but it's actually so comfortable. And the other thing is you can like use the bus when you are very young. You're like 12 years old and you want to go visit your friend. You mm. can just get on the bus and go and you don't have to like ask your mom to take you independent you're so much more independent in europe than in south africa like we need really rely on our parents for everything because they take us everywhere if we need to go to a friend but our parents if, or if we want to go to a friend but our parents are at work we can't go we just have to stay at home <laughs> oh that i th does that change the relationship you have with your parents the fact that you rely no. so much on them. No, because that's how we grow up. So you're used to it. You're used to it. We're like, people will invite us. Can you, do you want to come visit me? And I will be like, no, I can't because no one can bring me. And they're like, oh, okay. It's normal when you tell them that. They're not like, oh, you're making up excuses. <laughs> like, people know that's how it works there. You're, you can't go because no one can take you so when you get your license at the age of 18 it's a big deal you just want to go everywhere like it's your first pass to freedom mm. it's amazing <laughs> like it's becoming an adult yeah and getting rid of the fact that you depend so much on your parents but then when you're 18 and you have a license but you don't have a car it's so frustrating yeah. <laughs> so yeah i was very lucky to be yeah i got a car for my 18th birthday so that was quite nice but not ma many of my friends had one do you like driving i like driving in my in my town i don't like driving i don't like driving far um like an hour tops <laughs> mm. i hate driving far but i love sitting in the car to drive far like, I just don't want to be the one driving. Oh, so you love being the passenger? Yes. I uh, love, like, lo long road trips. I can sit in the car for 10 hours. I love it. Mm. But I don't want to be the one driving. I actually like driving. You do? I don't know. Sometimes I do. Depends on how far I have to drive. But I feel like driving is also a moment when you're just focused on the thing you're doing. Yeah. So you just kind of... I mean, you can't really look around you because technically you're supposed to focus on the roads, but you just, you take time for yourself to just focus on the present time, which I think you don't always do, especially mm. in Europe, because we're always doing things. We always have something to do here. So 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When we're going to... No, that's not the right way to start it. I'm going to ask you <laughs> the final signature question of the podcast. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. <laughs> Perfect. Then tell me, what does home mean to you? Anywhere is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like you already know my answer. I already do, but the people listening to this <laughs> don't know I have answer. to tell them. Exactly. Um, I've been saying my whole life home is more a person or more the people you surround yourself with than an actual building so I associate home with being comfortable and the people you feel comfortable with and yeah so what I always say is I always feel the most comfortable with the people that I can be in silence with and not feel awkward so if I can be with you in your room and lay on the bed and not not talk to each other for a whole hour and just be on our phones or reading a book and not feel like we have to fill the silence I feel at home with you so it really doesn't has have to be a home or a house or a bowling or a flat or anything it just needs to be a person um like for instance when me and my boyfriend are driving somewhere and there's just this silence in the car and I don't feel like oh no why is it so silent like I have to say something it's getting awkward no I enjoy the silence with him because I feel so comfortable with him and then I really feel at home and yeah you get that people where you like they ask for a lift and you know you're not very close to each other and they and you need to talk and to make the conversation. Yeah, you're in the car together and when there's a silence, you feel like, oh, that was so awkward. I didn't know what to say to him. <laughs> like sometimes you don't need to talk all the time. Sometimes it's fine just to be silent. Mm. So, yeah. But I think that some people are scared of silence because we tend to believe that if it's silent, it means that you don't have anything to say to the person. But it's But it's true. Like, sometimes I don't have something to say to my boyfriend. And that's all right. And it doesn't mean that we're not close. It doesn't mean that we're awkward. That we. It doesn't mean we're not in love. It doesn't mean anything. It's just that time of the day where we, we mm. just don't want to speak. Everyone needs a bit of silence in their life sometimes. We can't always fold, fold the silence and always be talking. I think that in South Korea, if I remember well, they have that thing like companionable silence. Like basically remaining in silence, but with someone. So you don't feel the need to talk, but you just say, I need your company right yeah. now. I just need you to be with me. Mostly when I'm sad, I just want someone to be there with me. They don't have to say anything. And that's when I feel better is when I can be with someone. Yeah. especially because sometimes you're sad and you don't really know why you just yeah. need the presence of the person and people tend to think that they absolutely need to talk to you whereas you just need a hug or just knowing that the person is here yeah. and that's all that that's matters that's enough exactly yeah. more <laughs> exactly more <laughs> well thank you very much for this episode no problem i mean there are many things that we had already said in the first episode but i still wanted to record it so Thank you very much and well thank you everyone for listening to this episode and see you in another episode. Bye. Bye.